0: I know right now, there's some kid in his house making beats, probably thinking like, "I'm never gonna get out of here," mm-hmm. right? And just does it for fun. And it's like those are the kids I want to find, right? And I know there's kids like that. Course. in course. All
1: right, ready to start?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do it.
1: All right, welcome back to the Two for Eyes podcast where we document the rise, of stardom, in Winnipeg's talent and personalities, a.k.a. the number one podcast in Winnipeg. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, show us some love, get us, get us, that, get us our goal. That's what we want. A thousand is where we're at, and that's where we want to get to. I'm not going to waste no, no time. Ladies and gentlemen, let's bring on our guest today. She's a female op- entrepreneur turning side hustles into dreams. She's a co- ho- She's been a co-host, a radio host, club promotion, <laughs> so much more, now a management for lavish... Please welcome. It's Marcella J.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's thank go. you for having me. This is great. I love it. Thank love you it. for coming. Great energy.
1: Uh, you know, we try to. We try. It's all about the vibes. <laughs> it's all about the vibes. I love it. I, I was looking on your. I was looking through your profile yesterday, and I'm fascinated by your story. You know, first of all, starting from, you know, the La- Latino culture in Winnipeg and Hispanic culture. Like, yes. explain. Let's start from the beginning. All you know? the way back. Let's start um, from there. We are two for a rise. So let's talk about your let's rise. Talk about the rise. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, the Latin culture when. Unfortunately, in Winnipeg, there really wasn't anything going. Um, growing up, Folkarama was a big deal for us. Yes. I'm Salvadorian. We had a great pavilion party Friday, Saturday. Like it, That's where everybody came to mm-hmm. have fun. Um, unfortunately, after I don't know how many years, it came to an end. Sure. And for about two years, I heard people kind of complaining, there's nowhere to go, there's nowhere to go. And my whole mentality is you can either complain or you can try to do something about it. Yeah. So I... Took the reins. I was like, you know, let's hope. Let's put a Latin thing together. <laughs> let's do a party. I hope people show up. Sure. So I got the back room of, depending on how old you are, the back room of Republic or Citizen or okay. EEC, whatever yep. you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got the back room from there and I was like, I hope like 50 people show up. <laughs> and through the first one, f- completely sold out, line around the block the entire night. And I was like, I think I have something. That's good. Um, but strategically, I actually didn't put my name to it. I named it Deseo, and I wanted to build the brand. So for two years, nobody knew who was throwing these parties. Mm -hmm. There was, like, speculations and this and that. Finally, when everything was the way I wanted it, that's when I kind of put my face to it, and that's when people started realizing who it was. So I was the only female promoter. Um, I did it for 12 years, which I actually am planning another Deseo FYI coming up soon, but... 12 years, only female promoter, only one doing Latin jams. Like I saw it from the beginning when nobody was playing any type of Latin music. And I've seen the growth where I love it. Now I get DJs that message me and are asking for a playlist and playing this. And I go to any nightclub and they're playing Latin music. And the culture and mainstream for music is now here. What we've been fighting for as a Latin community is here. And I think it's a blessing. I love it.
1: How how does that feel when, when you know that you were one of the founding members of putting this specific genre on the, on the map in Winnipeg.
0: It's I, I mean, when you say that to me, it blows my <laughs> mind. Um, I remember someone said to me, Oh, I went to a club and I heard Latin music being played. And I thought like, wow, she did it. And I'm not going to take credit for it. I think when it comes to the Latin community, when it comes to mainstream music, mm-hmm. all of that despacito made a big difference, yeah. right? I'm not going to take credit for that. Cause I think what's happening is way bigger than me, right. but I definitely appreciate when people stop and say, I went to a club and I thought of you because I feel like you had a print in it, mm-hmm. you know? When we have teams now they are doing weekly Friday, weekly mm-hmm. Saturday of Latin, and they're doing well, and, you know, there's a party going on tomorrow, and the guys reached out to me, and they're like, we do this, and, like, we saw you do it forever. And that, that yeah. to me, it feels good to know that people look at you and say, yeah, you left a print, and mm-hmm. because of you, you laid the bricks so that we could walk and do what we do now. Yeah. I think that's amazing.
1: Was that Was that always the goal, like,
0: no, initially, no? honestly, initially, it was just like, I want to get the community to get together. Exactly. I never thought I would last over a decade. I never thought I would have nights where there was almost 800 people showing up. I'm one girl, right? Like, yeah. I really didn't think so. But now, I think that's the reason it's happening that way is because I started off with the right intent. And I always have this saying is, if you go leave with the right intent, the money will come. Mm-hmm. Leave with the right intent. Exactly. So, the intention was to bring the community together together. A decade over a decade later, when people come up to me and they say, "Because of you," I think that's the biggest compliment you yeah. can give me.
1: And and you're doing it, and and people are, you know, applauding you, and likewise, and you deserve your flowers and your celebration. Thank you, thank you. you I know, appreciate that. Even 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 someone who's not like totally in in versed in that type of music, but even looking at your stuff, I could see that there is something that you know you had an idea and you and you went towards it.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, and I I mean I'm sure you could also associate culturally, right? When mm-hmm. you're when you're ethnic, it's not always easy to have your music or your culture received in such a positive way. So to see that happening now, I'm mm-hmm. just absolutely adore it. I love it. Okay.
1: Yeah. So you threw your first event, yeah. and you said it. W- you sold out. What, and was it was it always just a gradual increase, or was there ups and downs? I
0: am one of the few that has been really fortunate. I've never had a bad night. I've wow. never lost money, okay. which was shocking. Yeah. Um, when I finally kind of announced I was officially going to end as a promoter, like I had DJs and promoters message me and they're like, you, <laughs> <laughs> someone said to me, you're the Mayweather of promotions. <laughs> you never <laughs> lost a single night. Let's like go. you did well. So I never had that portion. I'm really lucky that my right. community backed me the, the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely give them their props cause you know, yes, I have. I have something for them, but they have to support it too and they really really had my back throughout the entire time. Mm-hmm.
1: And what did, what did those uh years entail? Like was it everything by yourself or did you bring on a team eventually?
0: It was How it did- started with me, my close friend Oscar and my sister. It's like this is back in the day when you had to do flyers, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Winnipeg winter. It's (laughs) minus 42. We're putting flyers on cars. Like, Mm -hmm. it was just us grinding it out, trying to get something going. Um, It really was just me. And then from there, I would uh, partner up with mostly the DJs, right? And I always tried to give people opportunities. So, uh, DJ David Gomez immigrated here from DR. And, like, for about two years, nobody would hire him. Like, nobody knew who he was. I told him, send me a mix. He sent me a mix. I'm like, wow, this guy's amazing. Let's put him on. So I'd put him on with, like, someone like Sugar Prince that's well-known. Mm-hmm. And they would, like, promote. And then we kind of built a little bit of a crew. But as far as uh, having, like, a straight promoter crew, yeah. I never actually really had them. It was really just people really, like, loving the concept and loving the environment and yeah. just reposting and sharing the love. That's okay. really what it was. Nice.
1: Are, you, are you, Would you say you're, like, a good judge of character?
0: I think so. I would like yeah. – I, I hope so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, you know when somebody is, like – uh going towards something or you know can yeah I, I
0: think I have a really good knack for spotting like talent sure. right so I think that for me is what's helped me along the way because I have this thing too where I always try to give people the right people opportunities and I think in order to be able to give the right person an opportunity hmm. you have to have a good character and,
1: like and a good and judgment of character how do you develop that like was that was that always since something
0: I think it's just part of self-reflection I think as you get and you start to learn who you are you also start to filter out what you like who you like and everybody at the end of the day I would hope is just trying to be a better person so as you progress and become a better person I think it's easier for you to identify people that have good hearts and are kind-hearted right mm-hmm. so I think that definitely helped um and then the motivation part like I I'm really a self-motivator I consider myself someone that like I I get irritated sitting at home. Yeah, yeah. So when I see that, I I identify that. Obviously, I'm a female, so any female that I can help out is like I love it. Yeah. So all of those things play into into how I pick who I work with, who I surround myself with. And I think most people will also understand like it really comes down to chemistry and vibes. Mm-hmm. You can feel people's vibes of course. and you can feel like what their intentions are. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm also f- like, I went to university for communication. So I also know how to pick uh-huh. apart words and whatnot. So when someone's talking to me, I can kind of start filtering through what they're saying and like what their intentions really are. Mm-hmm.
1: You mentioned motivation. Are you, are you a huge believer in manifestation?
0: Oh, absolutely. We
1: are, we, we are here. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like I just had a, a conversation with a, a girlfriend of mine last week and I, It was literally just about manifestation, and that's like a regular conversation with a lot of people around me. I truly believe in it, but I always emphasize like you can't just say it Mm -hmm. and expect things to happen. Like there is work that has to be done. But when you put that out there and you start working towards it, I truly do believe in it. Mm -hmm. Changes your life.
1: No, we're we're huge believer here. Just you know, just putting it out there. Especially you're writing down. Like I'm a huge like person who writes stuff down and just looking at it and. I know that alone is not going to get it, but that's, like, maybe the first step in my mind. It makes it real. Yeah, it's tangible. It definitely makes it real now. You put it out there. And especially when you see other people who are, like, on the same road as you, it's great to have, like, people around you.
0: It's all the attraction, too. The whole law of attraction plays into that, right? Like, I mean, you have to be realistic. You can't Mm -hmm. just be like, oh, I want the lottery and like (laughs) hope it happens, right? But you can set a goal. And then as long as you do the work, I really think that, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm very fortunate in the situations that I'm at because there's things that I've wanted since I was a kid and they're happening. So I have no other option but to believe that this works, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Was there a lot of learning that you had to do? Uh, in your club promoting days and even in your radio? Uh, uh, definitely.
0: World? Yes, definitely. Uh, I wouldn't say there was a lot of learning in the aspects of like, oh, how to promote, how to use Facebook like that to me I, was simple. Mm-hmm. The part that I really had to kind of understand how to react to more than anything, and a lot of people I think could attest to this in a lot of different um, environments. If you're a female, mm-hmm. is how you're perceived as a female. Um, unfortunately when I started I remember meeting with club owners and they thought I would run the night for a bottle service that's all they wanted to give me and like the conversation would obviously switch I'm here it's it's a Mm -hmm. business for me which in a weird way earned a lot of respect too because then they'd kind of look at me like oh I thought you were just like a party girl (laughs) but like you're about your business like I'm here to work like so that was a learning curve of not reacting and like Still playing it as a game of chess, of like, okay, yeah, I'm a female. You're gonna, yeah, I know I kind of expect you to, to a certain extent, think I'm a party girl, but like, I'm gonna flip it on you and then earn your respect. And it worked in that aspect, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Because majority of the club promoters are male, I want to say. Yeah,
0: up until this point, um, I haven't seen a female, uh, really hoping to see a female come up, right? But yeah, the whole world was. a male driven world which has kind of been the theme of my life mm-hmm. uh, my jobs are all male dominated promotions was male dominated uh, music is obviously male dominated so that part is like a learning curve but I think I've mastered it and I, I've done well i would say
1: and does that provi- like give you motivation to be like oh i yes, love it i want to be the person yeah i love yeah. it because
0: i know me. a lot of people would look at it as like a weakness like oh they're gonna look at me as a female sure. i go in there i'm like i'm gonna surprise you exactly right and, and that to be is like, wrong. it's a motivation mm. it's a motivation for sure that's
1: crazy and like let's talk about your radio as well was yes. that part of, because we're in radio and yeah. we're learning. So I want to learn from the one of the best, <laughs> or, you know. yeah. What, what was the radio story like and why especially radio and what got you started in the radio?
0: Similar to the promotion. So for those that don't know, I did five years of Latin radio. UW gave me the opportunity. Um, so same as promotions. There wasn't anybody really playing Latin music. Uh, and you, I wanted that as a staple. Yeah. So I was, I had already graduated university of winnipeg but i went back and i said i wanted to do a show i pitched them and they had a slot originally it was like a sunday morning slot <laughs> right so it was i was like oh, all these people are at church they're going yeah, to listen to me but because i actually was doing it the numbers were so well they ended up shifting me to friday ah. so i got a two-hour slot right prime time uh-huh. right uh-huh. after work so i would get people sending me videos because they're <laughs> driving home from work mm-hmm. listening to the radio and. When we were, they were looking at numbers, I was putting up numbers and getting people from Columbia, from DR, from Mexico. I had people from Chicago, from Miami, tuning in, which I have no idea how that happened, yeah. but it happened. Uh, so I did that. So I had that slot. And then that's actually when LaRocca reached out to me. And they said, we heard, we've been listening to your show. And what if we changed your show into a night? So uh, that's when I got Friday nights at LaRocca. So it was perfect because I would do the two-hour slot yeah. in the evening kind of get you geared up to go out that night. Mm -hmm. So it was like a little bit of a cross promotion. And then, yeah, I started the night at La Roca. Did that for five years. Ended it in the best way possible. I tell people it's very poetic because at that time I was in music management and literally the last night of my retirement as a promoter (laughs) was the exact night that Lavish signed to OVO. Wow. And like had the best (laughs) night of my life. I didn't feel so well the next day, but (laughs) that Friday night was great. So everything really lined up for me and went smoothly and Mm -hmm. to this day i have a great relationship with the roca i absolutely love the owners and yeah it was a great time great five years
1: it looks like it looks like whatever you started like you take certain parts of your like let's say the club promotion take certain parts of that build it into your radio and you took part of that now you're involving that in uh, music management it's almost like these steps
0: absolutely it's almost like these steps right the whole music thing i've wanted it since i was a kid Mm -hmm. like 10 years old i could have told you what i wanted. as an immigrant child, though, you go to school, you go to university, right? You get yeah. your degree because that's what you're supposed to yep, do. Yep. I'm on, on the route to <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, so, so you understand <laughs> it, right? Got to make mom and dad proud. <laughs> uh, but during the whole club promotion, it was like the love of music. And from there you start meeting people, right? The mm-hmm. DJ and you bring a DJ from out of town and that DJ knows this guy that makes a beat and mm-hmm. whatnot. And then eventually I became the person that was like a connector, and then I think that's where you naturally start becoming a manager because aside from being like, I'm hyper organized. I'm very focused, super good at multitasking. Mm-hmm. Then you add that you're a connector, right? And then throughout all that, I met really great people that were on the same path as I, and you know, we had a couple artists, we learned from them trial and error, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. And then we landed on lavish and we knew there, this was something special and incredible, incredible kid. Mm-hmm. and, now you know we're in a situation that is exactly what 10 year old marcella wanted (laughs) yeah but yet in my 30s i'm like how is this happening (laughs) right but it's all lining up and all those little bits of knowing how to do uh, a concert knowing how to book things knowing how to throw a party knowing how to market like all those little things that i did throughout my life has led to this moment and even small things that people probably don't know or don't see as a kid i was the kid that on Saturday night, hmm. I would watch, like, music documentaries yep. on, like, how <laughs> videos are made, and even those things, right? Like, I, I learned as a kid, and I remember certain things that I learned that led me to now. Wow. And I think all of that has geared me to, like, uplift me to the position that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, and I'm not saying that, like, oh, I'm in this amazing position. It's just I'm in exactly where I'm supposed to be in this time and point.
1: But also another, I want to say, is adapting, too, right? Yeah. Was it, was it hard to adapt? Like, if people know you as, like, a club promoter, was it hard to adapt to, okay, now I'm a radio host? And then from there, now is it hard for people to be like, okay, now I'm a manager?
0: No, I think a lot of people are so used to me just being like, hey, guys, I'm doing this. Uh-huh. And I'm very particular when I make a, a decision. So, if when I go into things, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. So... I think people are used to having a certain level of quality sure. that I think I bring. Okay. So whenever I come out and I say, "Hey guys, I'm doing this," everyone's like, "Yeah, that would make sense." Yeah, right? she can do it. <laughs> and even I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I had a family dinner and my uncle was saying, "Like, oh, you were always about music, nice. in one way or another." So none of this surprises me, right? He's like, even when you're a kid and you're dancing, because I think at, at one point I was like, "I'm gonna be Janet Jackson's backup dancer." <laughs> like that was the goal. Clearly, I'm not. But <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, you were always in the scene. Like so, none of this surprises me. None None of this is luck none of this is by coincidence like mm-hmm. it's all come together to put you in exactly where you need to be so no i don't think at least no one's ever brought it to my attention that they're surprised when i do something that's kind of like yeah you would do that yeah <laughs> makes sense makes sense yeah. you know
1: she puts in the work it's gonna happen yeah, go for it right hey, i'm i'm very, we're very curious about the artist management because starting off with anything how do you start in that world, right? There's the artist yeah. world, which I'm somewhat familiar with, but uh, you know, cause that's, that's what I see, right? Listen, to artists, I know they're front end, but there's a, so much on the back end that yeah. people don't realize. So there
0: is a lot of people that don't realize how much of your life you have to sacrifice. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, there's certain things that I've talked to people that approach saying, you know, that I, I, I do one here and there mentor people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the main question of like, how do you do it? And there's a couple of things that, people I give them the raw you really have to give a lot of yourself Mm -hmm. you have to realize that like to a certain extent your life doesn't become yours it becomes about your artist. like you have someone else's life in your hands don't take that lightly Um, in regards to starting I know a lot of people feel where do I start Uh, best book to read is uh, it's literally called uh, the music business if you put it in there it's the best-selling book for like the last decade, it's by a lawyer. His first name is David. I, I forget his last name, but he's a music management and lawyer. So he wrote this book, best book you can read. I call it the Bible. Um, I'll put it on my Instagram today. So anybody wants to see it, you'll see it. Uh-huh. Um, so that would be the number one. I literally read that book and I was like, okay, this is almost <laughs> like a roadmap. map. From there, I also tell people they feel like, oh, well, I don't know anybody. And it's really shocking how you do know people. Mm -hmm. And even in Winnipeg, a lot of people don't realize how many people can help you out in Winnipeg. And also how many people, I mean, you know this, how many people come out of Winnipeg and have something, right? So work your phone, work your Instagram, work your Facebook. You'd be surprised how this person knows that person that knows that person, right? So it's almost like you got to start mapping out and doing like almost like a spider web map Uh and go from there. And then you can start piecing things together. For me, it started with, I met a producer, And then that producer obviously knew other artists and I was the one that was organizing, helping piece things together. And then you have a conversation with so-and-so and and you network and Mm. all of a sudden you have a Rolodex without even realizing it. So always be open to being in rooms. I've been in countless rooms for hours on end, not saying anything, just soaking it in right? That was, I can't tell you the amount of flights I've taken and studio floors I've slept on, but <laughs> I did the work and it is a really long grind. It's not for the faint heart. It's also not for someone who's in it for like just the money. Cause it is a long, I've been doing this for 12 years. Mm-hmm. It took 12 years for me to get to this point and I don't regret any of it. Sure. I'm now in the best place in my life. But it is a really hard journey, and if your heart's not in it, it's just not for you. Like for me, we laugh. It's we say it's um, music's like a virus. Like once it's in you, it's in you. Like I can't. Same with promotion. Like I can't tell you the amount of times I was like, I quit, I quit, I'm over. And then all of a sudden, I'll hear a beat, and I'm like, I'm coming back. But what if I did this (laughs) right? Like it's in. If it's in you, it's in you, and fight for it. Like if you have, and that's not just for music. I I tell people if you. Fine and you know what you want in life Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to provide for your everyday lifestyle I'm fortunate that mine will work out to do that But if you have something you love like fight for it Because a lot of people don't have the luxury of knowing what they want in life Mm -hmm. and that is a luxury I
1: agree. I agree one thing one thing I think you really said there that really hit home was that even in Winnipeg Right. We get people who say Winnipeg's not the market. There's no one here You know a lot of people leave Winnipeg to go to Vancouver or the States or whatever but I, th- I do truly believe that there's a lot of talent. In there Winnipeg. is a
0: lot, and it's not just like music, right? Like I Everything. can,
1: yeah,
0: I can list off a ton of people that are doing something far from ordinary. Shiraz, mm-hmm. Stephen, Summer of Sound, like there's promoters doing stuff. Like this city has a lot to offer, mm-hmm. and I think platforms like this make a difference because you get to see those people get highlighted. And that's always kind of been a little bit of a, a complaint of mine is I'm like, I wish Winnipeg th- showed a little bit more love to people that are really yeah. grinding and hustling and ent- true entrepreneurs. There is a lot of great, I get phone calls. I do get phone calls with people are, you know, I'm, I'm back and forth between Winnipeg and Toronto. So I get phone calls of people being like, I want to leave Winnipeg. And I have the conversation <laughs> of like, there's a lot of good in Winnipeg. Uh-huh. I will, I've had a great experience here. I've had a lot of love. I get a lot of support. I will never say anything about Winnipeg except for the fact that I wish there was more people doing platforms like yours and highlighting what the great is of the city. I really, truly believe that. I
1: appreciate that, first of all. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's one thing, the, one of the reasons just because we started that was w- one of those reasons. And wh- why do you think people aren't willing it? to share in Winnipeg? Why, why do you why do you think there's that negative connotation in Winnipeg?
0: I don't even think it's a negative. Um, I think, I mean, I think it's starting to shift. Yeah, I'm definitely noticing is. the definitely shift. Is. I think it's more of a generational thing. Sure. Um, now, obviously, there's more, social media is the staple for everything. So I think there's more exposure now going around. But I think there, I would love to see more billboards of, people that are doing something for the city or have come up from the city or Mm -hmm. achieved something like I I'm biased on this but it's like I would love to see a lavish billboard saying congratulations you know Uh, you're you're now in like an OVO situation like that's that, to me, is, like, I would love to see those things. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's a generational, and I think it's slowly it's shifting, which is great. Sure. I just, uh, I'm, I'm impatient in that aspect.
1: Yeah, it, it does take a while, but yeah. it, it is coming. Is, yeah. It is coming, and we, we hope that it is coming, of course. Let's talk about, you We mentioned Lavish a couple of times. How was meeting him and figuring out, was that, you said you did a whole bunch of artists before that, correct?
0: Yeah, we did a couple artists before that, and, you so know, just like anything, you, it's a learning curve, and, mm-hmm didn't work out or or whatnot and then um lavish was oddly enough i actually didn't meet him here okay so my team flew him out to toronto and then i flew out to meet him sure. um and i laughed because the first time he was recording uh-huh. when you record when you're listening to an artist record i'm i couldn't hear the music so i'm just hearing his voice mm. and i kid you not i'm sitting there and i'm like i don't know about this one like uh-huh. but i didn't say anything right. and then two seconds later he turns the music on and. Instantly, I was like, this is it. Wow. This is it. He just had, he has this thing, I can't even explain it. I guess it's the if factor that people talk about, but I instantly became a believer. I'm like, okay, I'm in, right? Creatively, he was making three songs a day, and I'm not talking about, like, just songs, like, great songs. Mm -hmm. And then it just became the the artist development, and I'm itching to release the new music. (laughs) we all are, because... It, if it is the way that I see it, it, it everybody's gonna like rock nice. with it.
1: Yeah, and and what is like as a manager? What is your role in terms of? Well,
0: in our camp, I mean, there there's a few managers. It's a team. Mm-hmm. It's a team of four managers, but really, we have a whole army at this point. Okay. Um, you are for me. It it can go anywhere from finding producers, finding mixers, setting up sessions. One day I'm booking flights to LA and we're taking off. Another day we're looking at venues, we're throwing a party. Another day we're doing a video. Like you're wearing so many hats. Mm -hmm. You don't really have like a label to say, I do this, right? You kind of do everything. And I think that's probably what works for me too, because otherwise I'd just be bored. But Mm -hmm. our team is really good. We're really good at communicating with each other and making sure everything's taken care of and that he -hmm. has what he needs and it's not just the artistic part. It's also emotionally, sure. right? He is a person at the end of the day. So we got to make sure he, we develop him as an artist and also as a man. Mm-hmm. Make sure he's on the right path. So we play a lot of different roles. Sometimes I'm the mom <laughs> of the whole crew, right? <laughs> and did eat. you eat? Yeah. Did you sleep? And then sometimes I'm the enforcer where I have to have difficult conversations. And that's part of the game, right? And if you are fortunate like me where you have a team as close as us, those difficult conversations are always out of love. Yeah, right? of course. So it's it's always well-received. Mm-hmm.
1: What about like, you know, we, you know, I, I'm, I'm into music as well, but as far as like looking at artists, there's been many people who come out and say the music industry is ruthless. It and, is. And there's, you know, there's a dark side to the music industry and that artists are not getting what they need. Yeah. What do you, what's your opinion on that? And how does that work in terms of, from your perspective? I mean, it
0: is, and again, I'm, like, we're really fortunate that we've been on the path that we are. One, as a female, right? There's so many horror stories that you hear, and I knew that going in. Mm-hmm. I'm really lucky to have the team of guys, because I'm the only female on my team as well. Okay. So, to have the team of guys around me um, offers that protection. I've never thankfully been in a situation where I felt uncomfortable or compromised, that's always been clear. Mm-hmm. We've also luckily been in situations where we know how to negotiate properly. And we also know when to bring someone out like a lawyer to bring, to sit at the table for us. And we're not, we the egos don't exist. We know what we're good at and we know what we're not. So we always make sure we put ourselves in the best situation. And at the end of the day, like I mentioned earlier, you have the artist is an artist, but you have their life in your hands. So you have to make the best decision for them. And we've had conversations where if as much as, oh, they're a label, and I'm not saying OVO specifically, but, like, oh, you know, this label is this, and, like, it'd be so cool to sign. Like, okay, that's great, but is it the right deal? At the end of the day, it's all about being the right deal, regardless of who's the one offering it to you. So that's been Mm -hmm. our mentality as a team. So that's changed the conversations a lot. There's been situations where we're like, if they don't say this, then we're going to walk away because you're not trying to sell your soul. Of course, yeah. Right? So, and I think now there is you know streaming and this and that mm-hmm. the artist does have more power and it's starting to shift you, you know back in the day if you didn't have the labels who are the machine you're not getting anywhere mm-hmm. you're not going to get radio you're not going to get album sales there's no marketing but now you can do that yourself and you can do it from your phone yeah yeah so there's a little bit more power giving given to the artists and the team which i think is great and i hope that keeps shifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there obviously still is a lot of work to be done because it is really ruthless. Mm -hmm. But we've been really fortunate in the fact that, you know, we're all the same in my team. We move the same way. Our expectations are the same. Mm
1: -hmm. What do you you look for in terms of these deals? Like if a major label is coming to you and asking certain things, certain percentages, certain whatever upfront costs, what are are like some staple factors that you really think about? We always
0: want to make sure that we can have Um, as much creative control is really important to us, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's also the livelihood of an artist. Uh, The other factor is people need to realize that, you know, when you when you see artists and it's like, oh, they they sign for ten million, and you as an artist are sitting there thinking, I want to sign for ten million. That's a ten million dollar loan. Yeah, that's like they're expecting their money back. Uh So for us, sometimes it's it's based on you know what? Let's take a lot less. But be able to get a lot more in the long run, be able to keep more of our masters or more of publishing or uh, again, creative control. So we have done really well of stretching every dollar. Yeah. So we know that if we get a smaller bag, to us that's like amazing. <laughs> right. Like we've been nickeling diming for Fair, so yeah. many, so many years. So that's really the trade off is well, at the end of the day, this is a loan. Mm-hmm. So Just like anybody, you want to get out of that loan as quickly as possible, whether it's a car loan, whether it's a house, you want to be debt free, quote unquote. So that's our
1: decisions. That's the business model of uh, the labels, correct? Yeah. They just, uh, could you explain how those, like, why is it a loan and why is that the way that the labels are? Well, a lot of, like,
0: especially starting deals are going to be recruit, right? I mean, every deal is recruit, but they'll do a 360 where they're going to take a percentage off of everything in your life, right? But they put in that $10 million, and I'm using $10 million as a rough number, yeah. just let's say $10 million, expecting that they're going to make $20, right? Like they, yeah, yeah. It's just like any other investment. When you put in money in a stock, mm-hmm. it's because you're expecting to get a return, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, the industry works exactly the same. It's mm-hmm. just like any other transaction or financial transaction. They want their money back. They're not, no label's going to give you money not expecting no, to course. get get it back and then some, right? But the higher the number is, obviously, the more there is, like, yeah. guidelines. And and it's, a, it's like any other loan. If you're going to take a really big loan, well, there's going to be a little bit more guidelines on what they expect you to do. And, you know, so it works just like anywhere else.
1: Do you have any stories of certain conversations that you've had or certain moments in your career that you were like, wow, I can't believe I'm here right now? Or...
0: Yeah, this I is, I have, like... It's a Winnipeg girl. Who's <laughs> <like> <laughs> I have these moments, and I was just talking to a friend two nights ago about it because uh, she said, you know, like, how does it feel? Mm-hmm. And they're very far and few, I'll be honest with you. Um, some people say, like, like you need to poke your chest out more <laughs> and whatnot, and I think that's just not my nature, but they're very far and few moments, but when they do come, I'll be honest with you, they hit you really hard. Yeah. I think, like, like, the day I found out that L- Lavish was signing... Um, I remember calling my cousin. It was like eight in the morning. I'm like calling my cousin and I'm like, we did it, we did it. I just kept saying we did it. And then we both are just crying on the phone, oh. right? So you have very, I for me anyways, I have very far and few moments, but there are moments where I sit there and I'm like, whoa, like when I was 20, I was like, no, for sure this is going to happen. Yeah. Guaranteed, my life's going to be this way. And now that that's actually happening, it's almost like I'm in disbelief. It's It, sure. it does become overwhelming because I think for anybody who's wanted something their entire life and for them to see it actually happening, mm-hmm. it's it can be overwhelming in, in in the best way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What about like the mental aspect? Like there's certain high moments and I'm sure there's moments that aren't as, you know, always, oh my God, this is happening. This is happening. Yeah. So how do you balance those out? In
0: terms of- I have moments where it's obviously I'm on a high. Yeah. And those for anybody are great. And then I have moments where I feel like I'm not doing enough. hmm um, but I'm at the point to where I wake up. I, I've recently realized like I wake up and I'm healthy. First of all, mm-hmm. blessed to that. I am in a situation where my dream is literally starting to unfold. Mm. Can't even describe the feeling of that. So those low moments are also very small because in the grand scheme of things, I'm like, I have nothing to complain about. Yeah. Right. And I think that just like the simple fact of, I can wake up and breathe. It means so much more now. Mm -hmm. It's a simple thing. But when you finally really grasp like what it is to live life, quote unquote, you, the simple thing of breathing is amazing. And like those down moments are more so me being like, I'm bored (laughs) (laughs) and I need to do more. I need to find the next artist. I need to do this. Right. But I think I'm right on the right track. And I think I've also really reflected lately on, living in the moment i think Mm. we're always i think society's trained to always chase the next thing and and think about the weekend let's say or think about the car or the next house you're gonna buy and i'm really really trying to emphasize living in the moment and i think that's where you start to get a very few down moments Mm. most of your life is high at that point exactly (laughs) Exactly. and and
1: everyone's chasing everyone wants to be at those high moments and then when you get down, sometimes you want to get back to those points. Yeah,
0: And, and throughout COVID, I mean, throughout COVID, everybody struggled. I, yeah. I don't know a single person who didn't struggle at some point mentally. Um, I definitely did. So that really forced me to kind of strip everything down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I started to learn, like, how to find – joy out of the simplest things because you know we couldn't go out anywhere you couldn't go hang out with your friends you you literally had to sit at home and and you know for me I'm engaged and I had a great time with my fiance (laughs) because we got to spend so much time together right Mm -hmm. but I had to really strip it down and and realize like what's the simple things that made me happy and the simple thing of waking up and having like a cup of tea I found like was Mm. that peace was nice and so I, even during COVID, which I will never want to go through COVID again, I still was able to take something out of it. And I think that's part of life too, is you should always try to find a learning curve, even in your low points, Mm -hmm. because there is something to to learn. Because at the end of the day, you also, we all made it through and a lot of people probably came in a lot stronger.
1: Yeah. Was there ever a moment where you thought that this might not be for me or certain things don't go the way that you were hoping to?
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely had moments uh, in the music, obviously, there where I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I feel like I don't know anybody. And, yeah. you know, but I, I laugh because I'm like, I kind of lived my life like Hannah Montana because <laughs> I, I worked a nine to five. Like, yeah. I always had a corporate job. Okay. And in the evenings, I would do the music stuff. On the weekends, I, I would do the music stuff. There was moments where I would leave work Friday night, mm-hmm. catch a flight, go to Toronto, go there for the weekend, fly home Monday morning, and go to work for 8 a.m. Like, I would be leaving Toronto around 4 a.m. to get here for 8, and I did that every weekend for a few months. Like, I just wanted it so bad. Wow. But you do have moments where you're like, it's just not going the way, and I think that's part of it, though. You're supposed to have a trial and error. You know, I kind of mentioned we had a couple artists and it just didn't work out, and it's not because it went horrible. It just, you do all the trial and error, and you do the learning so that you can get into the right position with the next artist, with the right artist. All the stars align, and it works out well. So you have to go through those tough
1: times. That's really motivating to hear. Yeah. Like, you know, even just listening, I'm like, damn.
0: I, do I never things. see it as, like, you failed. Yeah. I think the only time you fail is, like, if you really didn't reflect and learn something out of it, but you can learn something out of every situation. It's always just going to get you closer to the next thing.
1: Is it always about like drive, like um have I don't want to say motivation but like just the inner feeling of always wanting to achieve your goals because there's people who will be like who do who do the work the 9 to 5 or the job and then they say I don't have time.
0: Like what is your
1: what is the reason why you keep going?
0: Well, the, there's a really long version, which I think would be a whole other podcast, um, but I, I do let people know, you know, one, I'm a child of immigrant parents, right, that I think to anybody should be motivating, but in my situation as well, um, my parents only had a third child because they immigrated, and I'm the third child. So that to me is, if had they not immigrated, I wouldn't exist. So I don't think me existing is by fluke. I don't think it's coincidence. Okay. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, oh, I'm super special. I mean, I don't take it that way. Okay. I
1: really understand
0: the fact that I'm like, whoa. like The difference between me being here and not uh-huh. was literally a two weeks different. My dad applied to Im- immigrate without telling my mom. Uh-huh. They got approved and they left two weeks later. Had they not gotten approved, I wouldn't wow. be here. So I always tell people, I'm like... The difference between me being here and not is two weeks. Wow. So that's the way I internalize it. And that okay. is super motivating to me. Yeah. And as things progress, I think it just becomes more layering too, right? Like now when people approach me and they say, this is to me still really blows my mind. When people are like, you work so hard and it makes me want to work harder. I think that's the biggest compliment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I could, sometimes I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm in disbelief. I'm like, anybody notice? Like people notice that I work, right? yeah But, you know, I have people that sometimes will stop me on the street and say that or message me. And especially in the Latin communities, when I have uh, a Latina coming up to me and saying, you know, I look up to you for this reason, uh-huh. I can't even describe what that means to me.
1: Makes you want to push harder. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Right. Oh. I feel like now I'm an advocate for for them and, mm-hmm. you know, the whole yeah, I'm, I'm a Latina. I'm from Winnipeg. And like, you could do it Yeah. regardless of what you want. So the fact that I, I'm even associated with that type of feeling is unbelievable.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to touch on the immigrant family because I'm also from, mm-hmm. uh, my parents came from uh, India and for me to have a better life. And is there always a sense of like, I want to like make sure that their efforts were worth
0: it? Absolutely. Even if, like, my parents don't necessarily understand completely what I do, right? And you'll understand, like, I'm sure when you were talking about this, your parents were probably like, what? They still still don't get it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which, even funny, because when I did promotions, my dad's probably going to be mad about this, but when I did promotions and he he heard about it, he, like, went up to my mom and he was like, you need to talk to her, because he thought I was, like, a stripper. Oh, no! Right? Because it's just so different. It's so different from their world, right? And the music thing still, that, you know, they're starting to kind of understand, but For anybody who has, like, immigrant parents, you know, the, they come here and they expect you to, like, go to school, get your nine-to-five, you get your paycheck. That makes sense to them. Yeah. When you're doing something that's out of the that <laughs> box, it's a little <laughs> difficult for them to understand. But all they really know is, like, it's working. Um, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy, right? But I have had that conversation with them that, you know, a lot of what I do is because I'm motivated by them, yeah, right? Exactly. And I think my parents, they didn't even think about that they just like your parents I we know. just want to give them a better opportunity exactly. right so for them to hear me say like i do this for you too mm-hmm. i think that also really hits home for them yeah
1: and then they're probably super proud or do they show it i, I don't know if they're anything. i <laughs> had that conversation because one <laughs> time like, I, Mom, I, i'm doing something
0: no <laughs> I, I had that conversation because i said to them like do you know what i do because i never hear you guys say anything yeah um and they realized that they they said they brag to everybody yeah except but they don't ever tell me, right? So we had a good conversation about that. Uh-huh. But it was also because I wanted to make sure that they knew why I also do what I do. Like, sure. it's not just because of me. The plan is so that, you know, if everything goes the way it should, then, like, we're we're all going to be good. Mm-hmm. And that's my plan, exactly. right? Like, I want to make sure everybody's taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. So we had that conversation and, and it was a great one. Yeah. Right. And thankfully we have open communications with my parents, but they understood it. But it was, yeah, it was really funny to hear certain things. We're like, we write to everybody, but I guess we never tell you.
1: No, I can feel that. I, I can relate. I can relate. Yeah. Um, what are your goals? Like you seem like a really goal oriented person, you know, let's pick this and I'm just going to go towards it and I'm going to go get it. What is like your end goal or do you have an end goal or does it ever end?
0: I don't think it ever ends for me. And I think, um, That's probably why promotions worked for me. I think that's why music works for me is like I'm like a forever chaser Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's ever going to end. I think I'm going to be like Clyde Davis and being like 80, 90 years old and still managing artists. Um, I think everything always changes. I definitely have a mind where I'm like, "Hmm, what about this? I wonder if this could work and like I'll try to figure it out. I definitely, one of the goals is to, like, be able to get to a certain point where, obviously, you know, my family and everything is taken care of, Mm -hmm. but also to be able to situate it and always have almost, like, a mentorship opportunity in Winnipeg. That's something that I have in the back burner with our team as well to be able to create more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Because one thing I think of, too, is, like, I know right now there's some kid in his house making beats probably thinking, like, I'm never going to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Right. And just does it for fun. And it's like, those are the kids I want to find. Right. And I know there's kids like that. in of Winnipeg. So of there is a goal there where I would like to be able to come home and really be able to create opportunities mm-hmm. and open up those floodgates for people that, mm-hmm. and not have, I always want to make it easier for the next person. Mm-hmm. And every little thing that I do, I always think of like, how do I give an opportunity to someone? How do I connect this? How does this make sense? Right. So that's kind of something I learned from my team as well. Always give someone an opportunity and never don't expect anything back. Of course, Right. Yeah. So that's definitely always on the back of my mind. But no, I don't okay. think there's ever I think the goals are always going to be increasing. They're always going to keep right. moving. And yeah, and it's always going to be the life of chasing. I love <laughs> that.
1: Well, going back to the, the kid in the kid in his room or, or her room. What would you say to them if somebody is just grinding and either making music, making beats, whatever it may be? how would, what would their steps be? Like, what would be their road plan to get to...
0: Work your phone. Like, d- like slide in those DMs. <laughs> like, you know, people joke about sliding in DMs, but like, slide in those DMs. Have a pitch ready. Because uh, there are individuals like me. Like, I will actually open my DMs. And if you're making beats, I'm going to listen. Because I've found gems from people that were basically felt like they were going nowhere Mm -hmm. and now you know they're working on projects they're in LA and they're in studios and like I have one kid that um, his name is Milano and like I found him he was in a he was living in his parents house in a farm just outside of Toronto Uh and found him told him to come through and like yeah he's like in LA making music and like he's on Lav's album now he's one of our main producers and like my team are like, he's a musical genius. And he was like, I was selling beats for $200 <laughs> and then you, you, you messaged me. Right. Yeah. And then I've had people message me and like, can you listen to my music? Absolutely. Like I, at this point in my life too, it's, I thankfully am able to take the time to actually listen. So yeah, yeah slide into DMS, like shoot your shot at the end of the day. If you don't ask the answer is always no. Yeah. So what does it hurt to at least ask? So if you're that kid in your room making beats right now, Start looking at your favorite producers and start working with them.
1: Jay-Z said it best. Um, "Closed mouths don't get fed.
0: Absolutely. hundred percent. So it's like, shoot your shot. Go for it. Keep your mouth
1: open. Keep asking. Yeah. Something, something may happen. Yeah, exactly. And, and worse, you'd com- be
0: surprised how many people are actually really willing to help someone that's trying. Because right. uh, like, I know how difficult it is. Exactly. So yeah. I'm going to try to help someone if I can.
1: Worse come worse. You <laughs> get left unseen.
0: Right, I'll on. still try to like give you some like <laughs> some type of pointers right exactly, yeah. so but yeah I, I definitely tell people like message me hit me up I'll I'll take the time and like I can give you pointers at the very least.
1: Are, are managers and uh, record labels constantly looking like h- what's your process in terms of like finding people is it like you just type in <laughs> beat maker <laughs> or <laughs> producer <laughs> or how, how do, is it this there person is a, connection or you see it somewhere? There is kind of two
0: ways of the way uh, how it works so major labels and like the A&R life right now is going for like, okay, this person's trending. This person has sure. numbers. Um, my method is a little bit different because I'm looking for like the timeless artists, which yeah. is a lot more difficult, but it is yeah. a lot more rewarding. So a couple of things is, you know, when they talk about the it factor for me, like that it factor is provoking emotion mm-hmm. and it has to be like instant for me. Yeah. Like I've, had like for example two pr- uh, producers that i met at a latin showcase in toronto i heard they played two of their songs mm-hmm. and that was enough for me to know yeah. and yesterday they were in a session with Love, right yeah. so i've been able to be like okay the if factor for me is did you provoke emotion immediately so that's something for myself mm-hmm. another thing is personality has a lot to do with it right are we able to like Not just get along, but, like, can you understand constructive criticism in the right way, right? Like, Mm. every artist is obviously very protective of what they make, as they should be. Yeah. But do you understand that I'm, like, coming out of love? I'm not, like, trying to hate on you in any type of way, because why would I? Mm. So do they take constructive criticism very well? Are they adaptable? Um, Are they open to exploring, Cause that's a really big part of also developing an artist is them being able to explore and try something. And I always break it down to them. Like let's just try it. And if you don't like it, just hit delete. Like sure. it's over. Right. Yeah, yeah. It never happened. And a lot of the times when that happens, that's when they're like, Oh, I didn't even know I can do something like <laughs> that. So that's great. But for me, it's really, sometimes I have a thing that I want to look for, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to look for the next, this or sure. a group of that. So I'll kind of start hunting and try to see, um, at this point, I've been pretty lucky that I've always kind of come across someone that piques my interest, mm-hmm. and then kind of start building a relationship from there. But also, right now too, it's like our main focus is love, making sure that lav is taken care of and is situated mm-hmm. before we start taking on more. Because I think sometimes managers feel like they have to have a roster, sure. and right. I see it as like get your bullet first, yeah, yeah, and the rest will be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So just focus on the one, really get situated and the rest will come
1: and it also gives you an opportunity to learn too right
0: absolutely because
1: you uh, obviously the artist before you learn through them but you're gonna learn so much from lavish as he is gonna learn from you yeah correct
0: absolutely I mean this is the first time it's really gone to these stages mm-hmm. so yes I'm learning all the time I think you learn a lot about yourself I realize like I was not a patient person and I thought I was. So you definitely learn patience in the industry because it is the industry of hurry up and wait, Yeah. right? The amount of times that I'm like rushing to get to Toronto or to LA to just find out like, oh, it's actually moved three days from now. And you're (laughs) like, great, right? (laughs) But you learn a lot about yourself as well. And I think that's why sometimes too, I'm like, I'm not a big believer of having a ton of people on your roster just to say that you do. Mm -hmm. I'm more about like the quality over the quantity. So that's the way I work.
1: What about, like, especially, like, some of these, once you get to a higher level, if you haven't been in those positions before, you're learning them, are you, like, scared? Is there pressure on you, on the artists, on both of you guys to We figure are, something out? Like, what if this doesn't go the way I want, or what if...
0: We're always good. Like, we talk about, like, um, our pivot game, Okay. right? Yeah. We're like, we got a strong pivot game, you know, we're never... Our ankles are never broken, right? <laughs> but we also really recognize what our strengths are and what we're not good at. We're never going to, as managers for our team, like, we never sit there being like, no, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like, no, mm-hmm. we're, we don't know how to negotiate this deal. Let's find the person that does and outsource that. And we can learn from that, Yeah, right? So I think it's a really big strength in any situation to admit when it's not your strong suit. Mm-hmm. And then there's nothing wrong with outsourcing that because it's going to help you at the end of the day. Like, I don't know how to sit at a table and negotiate with a major label, but the lawyer does. So like, let's get him. (laughs) He went to school for that, right? Like, use the experts to do what you can't and learn from them. Okay,
1: Yeah. And what does your team look like? Uh, You said there was four people?
0: So there's four, I guess, like partners of the company and then we have an army. And like, I say there's four managers, but you know, there's so many people that play a part, right? We have the DJ, the day-to-day, like, Lab's right-hand man, you have the four of us, you have a stylist, you have a market, like, there is an army. Like, Drake himself has, like, 300 people on his Rolodex, like, Mm -hmm. as far as payment-wise, right? Right. Like, so we're starting to build our army as well. There's so much that goes to, like, developing and getting something together in the right way. So that was another thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we we started with just a few of us, and then it grew, and, you know... Mm -hmm. Let's, we can't always do everything. Sure. We want to be always be able to give him the best of the best. So, and you'd be surprised, like there's a lot of people that came in that really do their job really well mm-hmm. and they did it off the strength of the music because they loved his music yeah. and they knew, like they know he's going somewhere. So they're like, yeah, I'll help you guys out. Because like I said, we're we're stretching dollars. Like, yeah. It's uh-huh. shocking how far <laughs> we made it with like nickels and dimes.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I also want to, and you're, you're free to, touch on as much as you like but as far as if there's a artist who who has gained some traction and has maybe been reached out or has reached out to a manager what if they're um, hesitant in terms of giving up certain masters or percentages of their you know that's their art right and you see people more um in the industry like russ for example who's more on the independent side mm-hmm. you're just buy a 40 membership to a distro kit or something yeah let's just put up the music and market it yourself are you are you allowed to speak on like how would that be a good idea versus what do you think of that side of it someone comes being down independent? to like
0: your goal what is your goal okay right and also again who do you know mm-hmm. right if I'm a big advocate, like, if you can do it independently through and through to the end, Mm -hmm. absolutely do it. Why would you ever give anything like that up? But, you know, there are artists that they're on their own. They don't have a team. They don't have anything. And, like, they really do need the label push because they need that infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely, whatever is going to get you to your goal. I also know artists that they're perfectly happy, like not being the big mainstream artist. They just want to be able to create and get that out. Right. And if they make some coin off of it, amazing. Right. So one, it starts with your goal. Mm -hmm. And two, it's also how much can you do on your own? The more you can do on your own and do it well, Mm -hmm. do that. Right. You don't need the mercy of the label. But again, if you're also the kid that's like, I have nothing and no one and you need that infrastructure and you know, that's going to get you to your goal go for it as well. It's it's really a situational. Now there's so many options that you're not at the mercy of one. So really sit okay. down and map out the pros and cons. It's almost like dating, right? So <laughs> like you got to map out the pros and cons on like why you would pick a specific person, right? Sure. So you really have to do your due diligence. And like don't get caught up in the the fanciness of, like, you know, the trink the sparkle of a label and I get to say I'm signed with this one. Just like I said earlier, regardless it's all about like what is the right deal for you mm-hmm. regardless of who's offering it to you sure okay
1: that's interesting you know because there's there's kids who um you know you know with people we've had on the show for example and they'll be like you know i wanted to i want to go i want to go the next step but i just don't know it and i think having people like you on the show to explain that side of the things and even kids who let's say wanted to do music i don't know if you've ever wanted to like sing or no, had no that kind i don't of think thing.
0: anybody would want me but, to sing yeah.
1: <laughs> but there's always another side right like yeah. let's say you really love music you can still get involved in the music industry there's so much more things you can do
0: yeah i right? mean think about it like i came into it like thinking i was going to be a backup dancer <laughs> right and like now it's still possible I, no. i'm like uh, i don't know i don't <laughs> think so not not with the moves i have lately uh, but like i started as that right and then you know, now I'm in a, a whole different life of it. But that's why I also said like, it's invaluable to be just in the room. Mm-hmm. Cause that's also, as you grow, you start to learn what you like and also what you're good at. And that's another thing you have to be real, really realistic with, make sure you understand your strengths and move forward with that. I think sometimes people are like, oh, I'm not good at this. I need to learn more about that. I'm like, or how about you just like, take what you're good at and like really own those skills and yeah. move forward, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like in school, you know, when a kid is, not good at math and they're like, you got to learn it. You got to learn it. It's like, okay, but they're really good at writing. Like just Just get through math and like (laughs) do writing. Right. And like own your skills. So I think that's what most people need to do. Just own your skills and be realistic with yourself. Mm -hmm.
1: Also, one other thing I wanted to touch on was as far as people who are beginning and they look at, oh, I need to get in the studio. Would you say that that is valuable? Or if you're not at the stage where you want to be, just get a mic and a computer and just go to work most of
0: the time you even these big artists uh don't use a full studio anymore like i know big artists that will just record out of their bedroom or if they just like want to get out of their house Mm -hmm. they'll rent a hotel and like do their setup the great thing about now is you know you can get really good quality stuff really relatively cheap Mm -hmm. without having to pay the top dollars of a full studio there are times that you know depending on what you want you want a full studio let's say you need like a live band or orchestra like that makes difference a big difference but like no for anybody who's starting um get get yourself a home setup and then this way too you also have access to it whenever Mm -hmm. and you can keep recording you can keep working the creative muscle and and move forward i would i would say the best the best part would be you do that and then Spend more of, like, your money getting the right mixing done. Okay. The mixing really makes a difference on the quality of the music yes. and how clear it is, right? So my personal opinion is get your home set up. Make sure it's obviously decent, mm-hmm. but really focus more on making sure you get the right mixer, the mm-hmm. right engineer to mix your, your music.
1: I mean, you we've seen people like Billie Eilish who created her whole album out of her bedroom. Bedroom. I watched the documentary. Yeah. I was like, what? And, like,
0: That's the bedroom was, like, tiny. And, like <laughs> It was a closet. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then...
1: Grammys on Grammys. Yeah, you know? exactly.
0: So I, I, you know, back in the day, yes, you needed a full yes, recording studio because it wasn't steadily available. But I mean, now you can go Long and McQuaid. Yeah. And pick everything up in a couple hours <laughs> and like go on YouTube and learn how to set it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Learn Pro Tools. Pro Tools is if you as an artist, that's another thing. If you can learn how to do use Pro Tools as an artist. It's amazing because you're not also at the mercy of someone recording you all the time. You can record yourself and that just cuts down so many things, so many errors. Mm -hmm. If you're having a creative moment, you can jump on and do it yourself. So really being able to like just do the simple things yourself Mm -hmm. creates can actually really speed things up for you. Perfect.
1: What would you say would be some key character traits that anybody who's trying to get into the industry would have, either from a manager side or uh, an artist side?
0: definitely really good at relationship building you have to be able to build genuine relationships Mm -hmm. with people um you can't you have to know when i guess to be selfish and when not and i mean that in the sense of you don't want anybody to take advantage of you that's the part where you need to be selfish and look out for yourself Mm -hmm. but you have to be really selfless because you are giving up a lot of your life for some to put someone else first right so that's another thing you really need to know. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to be someone who can pivot really well, someone who's adaptable, someone who knows how to take on stress. Mm -hmm. Um, The fun times are amazingly fun, but the downsides are not always the best. Someone who is focused on the goal that doesn't deviate and get lost in like, Mm -hmm. I guess like lost in the sauce if they want (laughs) to say. And I think the other thing is one of my, Sometimes my, this is a pet peeve of mine when I see managers who are, you know, almost like trying to like Diddy dancing in the video. And it's like, if you are trying to be the star yourself, I personally don't like it. This is not for you. Like I'm perfectly happy being in the background. Like I prefer being in the background. The spotlight is lavish. He's the star and he really is a star. So for me, that's kind of a pet peeve. If you yourself are trying to be famous, like, mm-hmm. th- no, that's not the right intent, mm-hmm. right? So I would say that's another thing for me. That's great.
1: Any advice you have? Usually my co-host, Archie, would ask this question, but I'm going to do it because he's not here today. Any advice you have for uh, the person, let's, let's say Winnipeg or a small town who, who really has a dream and who really wants to make it happen, how do they turn their side hustle into
0: a... One, it's going to be internal. Like, mm. if you have something you want, hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had, I'm like, I have had a couple of people throughout my years when I tell them what I want, and they're like, no, oh, that's nice. Uh, I, re- I remember one lady at a job that I worked, she asked me, um, what do you want to do in life? And don't say about your work. Yeah. Like, what do you really want? And I, I thought that was a great question. What do I truly want in life? And then it went south because I said, oh, I want to be in the music industry. And she's like, I remember wow. when I remember when I was young, and I had dreams, and then wow. reality hit, and I realized life doesn't work that way. That's exactly what she said to me, um, which. Now I'm like, I can't wait to write her a letter. Yeah, and, uh, I can tell. Say, I was <laughs> gonna say, like, write her. So don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Like, if you really internally feel it, and that was one thing is like, even as a kid, I don't know why I just felt a certain way about myself and like what I wanted out of life. So, like, if you are one of those people who feels a certain way, like, hold on to it. Don't let anybody stop you and tell you otherwise because it is possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, make sure it's also very strategic in the way that you do it. You know, like, I obviously made sure that my bills were paid and whatnot, and I did this on the side, but. Stick to it, always make sure that that you're doing it in the, in the with the best intentions. Um, never, never have an ego because it'll strip you down really quickly. <laughs> but aside from that, someone who is trying to really make something happen, it's depending on the like industry you're in and this applies to anything, it's like if you don't know something, YouTube it. Like there's so <laughs> many ways to learn everything like YouTube it. Look at Instagram, use your phone, network, like start to map out how you're going to go from where you're at right now to achieving your goal Mm -hmm. and then just start putting mapping it out and what those steps look like and they're not always going to work but that's where you have to pivot right but that's like people sit there and they want this and they automatically think of like I'm just not going to be able to do it if you actually just broke it down into steps you probably surprise yourself on how easily you could probably accomplish it
1: that's very inspirational. You know, I'm, I'm getting a lot from it. <laughs> keep pivoting. Keep working. Keep grinding. Break it down. Keep, keep rising. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, we're on UMFM Radio every Tuesday at 1130 a.m. Check out Marcella J yeah. down in the description. We'll link everything down below. Check out Lavish as well. Any of our artists, anything that's coming up. Um, do you have anything that you would l- know that's coming up? Any thing that you would like to plug
0: there is a few things that are gonna be coming up um just waiting on some details so i mean you'll, you'll put me on yours but yeah. follow me at hey marcella j on instagram you'll see all the announcements coming up there's a few things for the latin communities that i'm gonna be able to announce obviously stuff with lavish and then you know feel free if you're that kid in your latin. R- bedroom making beats slide in the dms <laughs> all
1: right guys thank you so much like comment subscribe see you next time peace
0: Perfect. That's it. That was great. (laughs) I loved it.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.